Hello and welcome to Following the Rules. This is a podcast about the rules shaping UK and EU financial services and the people responsible for understanding and implementing them. Because in one of the world's most regulated sectors, following the rules isn't always easy. I'm your host, financial journalist Lucy McNulty, and every episode I'll be asking the most influential personalities in financial regulation for their input on the sector's most pressing issues. The regulators need to be a little bit quicker because we've seen holes in really important firms that you and I care about. Today's episode is a special one produced in association with Smarsh, a US-headquartered technology firm providing global financial services companies with the tools to capture, store and monitor their digital communications for compliance purposes and to glean useful insights. Today's guests explain why regulators are right to be concerned about finance execs' use of encrypted messaging apps, including WhatsApp and Signal. They discuss what communications behaviour they think the world's regulators should be looking to next. And they outline how the world's largest companies are navigating the challenges of tracking employees' mobile conversations. Blaine Warren is Vice President of Product Management at Smarsh. And Guy Levitt is CEO of Telemessage, a technology firm that Smarsh recently entered into an agreement to acquire, which captures mobile messaging data. Hi Guy, hi Blaine, welcome to Following the Rules. Hello, thank you for having us. Great to be here. So a good place to start is with a brief introduction. For those listeners who might not be familiar with Smarsh or Telemessage, could you both give us a run through of what services you provide and to who? Certainly. At its highest level, Smarsh is a platform that helps our customers navigate regulatory and compliance use cases, which can be quite complex. And more importantly, in in recent years, it enables them to more effectively work in the pace of the hybrid work economy. So really covering a wide expanse of how they communicate and then how they manage the regulatory requirements of how they communicate is what our platform hopes to solve for them. Okay, telemessage. We handle mobile communication. So we have a group of products that helps companies send, receive, and manage mobile SMS, voice, and the newer instant messaging solutions. And the reason that we're here is that we're very focused in the last few years on a group of mobile capture and archiving solutions. And that's how we partner with Smarsh. And are you able to tell me how many customers you have in the financial services space? Smarsh is predominantly financial services with a slice of public sector in the United States. We have approximately 7,000 customers worldwide. And we have more than 500 customers worldwide. And same for us, we're financial focused and a little bit of government as well. Okay, interesting. So the pandemic and the homeworking setups it instigated provoked a huge spike in use of mobile communications for work. To what extent is that still the case now that workers have returned to office-based or hybrid setups? And how has the pandemic changed the workplace from a communications perspective? Clearly, during the pandemic, we saw an immense surge just across mobile in general. With the move home, we saw the number of call minutes we recorded or the number of text messages just explode to extremely high volumes. And I think what we've seen very broadly is as the curve has gone back to some sense of a new normal, companies are now trying to solve for The regulators didn't penalize us when we had to be creative during those first 24 months, but now they're going to ask us to make sure that our policies align with the behavior of the employee. And so customers are looking to try to solve that in a really meaningful way 
versus just quickly enabling a number of communications channels. So all of that spans mobile, even when you talk about Teams and Zoom and other communications, but especially mobile, text, voice, and consumer applications. So uh, I'd like to add that, I mean, that pandemic made people really feel comfortable using their device. And the way we see it, it's just continuous. I mean, we all know we are not really all back to the office. We're seeing a shift in the culture of people wanting to work more from home. And, and even the most stringent companies that you would think of are letting people work from home. And that's a trend that I'm see changing. But even that being said, people got used to using various applications on their phone or using their mobile phone as a communication device. And they're continuing to use the new ways of communication and firms are getting used to solving those problems. And this poses a really interesting problem for financial services firms, doesn't it? Because financial services firms have long struggled to handle use of encrypted messaging apps. And previously, a number of them preferred to ban use of them outright rather than trial new technologies that allow them to monitor use of these apps. They had trouble with regular phone calls as well. Just making a phone call over the mobile phone is not so trivial to capture. We try and break the world into two. There's corporate devices and the BYOD devices, meaning that either you're a trader that you understand that everything that you have on your phone is recorded or you have two devices. And there weren't a lot of really good solutions out there that enabled different types of companies to handle different types of employees and different types of models of phones and different types of uh, you know, corporate ownership. So just the basic calls and text messages were a challenge. And now you added the additional challenge of encrypted messaging like WhatsApp. Yes, very difficult. It had a huge challenge for companies and they just said, don't use WhatsApp. So if you're an employee, WhatsApp is the way he communicates with his customers, right? It was hidden. People were doing it behind the scenes and then they told, okay, uh, now we have the deal over WhatsApp. Why don't you send me an email or why don't you call me and we'll record it. That's cumbersome. If it's private banking, if it's a high network individual, he's not going to go through all these hoops and, and, and he's just going to try and close the deal somewhere else. So there's this huge problem of enabling all of these new communication channels. And where do you see most activity? Because the, there are a plethora of encrypted messaging apps that are available. For a long while, WhatsApp has been a popular choice, but there's also Telegram, there's Signal, there's WeChat. To what extent are you able to track conversations across all those channels? And, and are there any new channels that you're seeing gain popularity within the sector that you're able to track as well? So it's very geography-based, right? Even though it's a global economy today. So Europe is WhatsApp, Latin America is WhatsApp. The United States is very tech, Canada, text. And then we have the Far East, which is under the sphere of China, which is then very WeChat-oriented. And if you look at crypto, which is gaining a huge, huge following, then these guys are moving to Telegram and Signal. But the fact of the matter is, if they are regulated, then they, they want to capture all the communications because they want to be compliant. And uh, then we have telemessage created solutions for WhatsApp, WeChat, Telegram, Signal. What else? What's in the future? We have a lot of things on our roadmap because, again, talk about geographies. Go to Japan, they're using Line. You go to Korea, they're using Kakao. And who knows what's going to happen next? There's talks about Discord, but that's a little more consumer-oriented. But we do get requests once in a while. The problem is the ability to really capture all the communications is complicated technology-wise because our vision is to enable the users to use their natural user experience. You don't want to teach them a new user experience. You want them to use their standard WhatsApp, their standard WeChat, standard Telegram and Signal. 
And that makes it really complicated because there's a lot of tech around the ability to capture the messages and, and calls. Okay. And are you able to explain the tech underpinning your tools for the benefit of compliance professionals that might be listening in and need to sell this to their bosses, need to explain why this is valuable to their bosses? When we work with the customer, it's a very easy user experience for the end user, right? That's our vision. The end user, we have no training to do. He just needs to install an app, maybe scan a QR code, maybe register somewhere. But it's really simple. But you're right, selling into the larger financial organization, people are in charge of IT, people in charge of security, people in charge of compliance, and all of them want to understand the background underlying technology. And there's always a long process in explaining how it works. But that's, in my view, less important. The end user, he, he's the guy I care about, and he's the guy that we're creating the solutions for. And he needs to feel that it's easy, and it is. And there's two forces of, of pressure behind this momentum that you and Guy have been talking about. One is the same banks who are trying to solve the communications problems uh, that they're now faced with through the new hybrid economy are also closing branches and creating a scenario where their consumers are truly mobile, right? And exacerbates the demand for a banker, a wealth manager, a private banker to be wired in. That's one lane. The second lane of pressure is if you look back three to five years, it was at that point okay to a regulator that you had a policy that said you can do these things, you can't do these things. And what has happened with the pandemic and the behavior trends that we saw simply the momentum onto mobile devices and consumer applications to solve work problems, the regulators now decided, you know what, we can't just assume the policy is being followed. We need to test it and we need to validate that it's being supervised. Um, so that creates those two lanes of pressure, one from the regulators, one is self-induced by the evolution of banking. This tech, what Guy said is really critical. Two things, one, the end person whomever is going to use that app to communicate with their customer has to look at it and go, I know how to use this. That's checkbox one. Uh, and then the second tech checkbox is really the IT persona. They want to know, can I do this easily and control it? And that's really critical is how do you distribute 10,000 apps to your employees and manage that in the same way that they might manage handing a, a laptop to their employee. And those two things being controllable with the the telemessage solution is really critical. So you could see that the three sides of that conversation results in, we need to be able to enable these communications, but it still needs to be enforceable from a regulatory perspective and from a bank's perspective. Can we really get these tools in people's hands and manage them? Okay. And one trend that has been notable over the last 12 to 18 months has been as financial institutions try to enable their staff to communicate with clients via these messaging apps in a compliant way, they have actually developed their own version of these messaging apps, which are then available on their staff's mobiles or desktop and are tracked whenever they're used. To what extent is or can Smash or Telemessage help firms with those kind of projects? That's a really important question. And when I say Smarsh as a platform, it's because it's continuously changing to accommodate the demand. There's corporate devices, there's personal devices, consumer apps, there's Microsoft Teams and Slack and Zoom. And in most of our customers, all of those use cases exist. And then the customer mentions, oh, by the way, I have these custom channels where we enable our business to function with the public. 
And Smarsh needs to be positioned to be able to take all of that data and get it on the platform. So what's so wonderful about telemessage is they bring some of the most complex use cases to solve around consumer applications and personal devices and make that more complete for Smarsh, which then that makes our customers able to sit down and go, okay, how do we solve this for our organization? Actually, it's easier to solve at the larger level than it is trying to impact each piece of the communication spectrum. Okay, interesting. Last year, Mark Stewart, the FCA's enforcement executive director, told me that the FCA was keeping a close eye on WhatsApp use within the financial services space in the UK. And more recently, we've seen regulators pay closer attention to such activity. Fines for poor policing of this are increasing. To what extent is that focusing attentions at the top levels of these financial firms as to the need for tools such as yours? Are you still seeing some holdouts in the financial services space? It's certainly a big driver, and it's also helping shape how organizations are deciding what posture to take with their plans. For example, we've seen BYOD banks shift completely to corporate devices, where then they need expansive carrier coverage. We've seen global banks that have BYOD plus corporate plus WhatsApp, and now they're formally asking for more clear-cut capabilities to solve that. That's the biggest thing we've seen is there's shifts in how organizations are resetting on mobile and also becoming much clearer in stating what they will and won't enable and finding a technology to provide compliance for it. We've seen those shifts and they go back and forth, I'll tell you the truth. And we started working with one company and said, oh, yeah, we're moving everything to BYOD. And then after a few months, no, 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 no. Uh, This geography wants to say corporate and this geography is going to be different. And you need to understand, in many banks, these traders are making a lot of money for these banks. These are guys which say, I don't like this solution. Sometimes compliance and IT are, are not as strong inside the organization as this trader that wants to use this solution or platform. And he says, oh, I'm not going to get rid of my iPhone. But the company says, no, no, we're moving everybody to Android. No, no, I like my iPhone and I'm going to be using my iPhone. He has a lot of strength inside the organization. Believe me, we've seen CEOs being involved in tier one banks. Do you ever see compliance professionals push back in such a scenario? We've seen everything, but the trend of what we're seeing now is that everybody is is starting to get on board. So even banks that work very conservative, and there's a few of those, they all understand the need all across the board. The need to be tracking communications on encrypted messaging apps. Oh oh, oh yes. What regulatory activity are you watching most closely and how do you expect this to develop in the coming months? It's not a joke that the FCA said they're concerned. They should be. It's being used tremendously. There's groups, there's broadcasts, there's calls, there's conference calls, there's video calls. And it's all over these applications which people find really easy to use because it's not only on the phone, right? There's a desktop WhatsApp that people are using because now it's an application. WeChat has a web version and there's also a desktop version which we've seen being very successful. It's very easy to use. And unless the company IT locks down the PCs and takes it off, then they're going to be using it. Again, the concern is really there. We've seen it in several geographies. If you go to uh, Singapore, you'll see the MAS also looking at stuff. And FINRA, we were there last week together with Smarsh, listening to a lot of what they're trying to, to do there. And they're concerned as well. They said that they're really concerned about texting. And they should be. So, I mean, the first time I heard the word WhatsApp officially from the FCA was, I think, just last year. The regulators need to be a little bit quicker 
they should have talked about WhatsApp, not last year, but a few years ago, because we've started to sell our WhatsApp solution about three to four years ago. They should have already talked about it then because we've seen holes in really important firms that you and I care about. I mean, we want the companies that we work with to do what's right. And I think the FCA and FINRA should continue the trend and even be quicker. And what holes are you seeing within large financial services firms? Just the fact that they started looking at WhatsApp specifically last year was a big hole. I mean, when we started selling it a few years ago, only the firms that uh, were smart enough and said, oh, let's take a look at this then. But other holes could be other applications. Signal and Telegram uh, are pretty unique. And we just launched our Signal and Telegram solutions last June. But when I launched the solution to the market, it was after there's a hole in the market, right? There's companies that came to me and told me, Guy, we're using Telegram and Signal. Our traders are using it. And uh, I have to capture it. So by the time I got to the market, there's already a hole, right? There's there's somebody that's already using it and it's not captured. And who knows what trades went on over there without anybody capturing it and having it compliant. We don't want that to happen. Okay, so a couple of questions on that. When you say capture, I assume that you mean that you are able to record the written and voice communications over those platforms. So the answer is yes for most platforms. Telegram and Signal in production today, we don't have voice recording, but that's planned later this year. So we're launching voice call recording. We do record the audio snippets, right? That for us is a multimedia file. We capture it on all of our platforms. We do call recording on WhatsApp. And we're actually the only company in the world that has those capabilities. We do that in WeChat as well. And we're planning to do that for Telegram and Signal. Okay. I get a lot of interest from listeners as to how this technology actually works. Could you explain how you capture that information, given that these apps are encrypted? Sure. Every platform is different and all of them have different capabilities. So if you want to capture text messaging on uh, iPhones, then... It's very complicated. If you want to capture WeChat, it's different than WhatsApp and different signal and telegram. So I can talk hours on every one of them and I won't. So I'll just say that in very high level terms, WhatsApp, we have two solutions. One is based on a wrapper kind of technology like mobile device managers that enables companies to control the environment of their phones. And we go a little bit deeper inside the system so we can wrap our WhatsApp on iOS and then and Android and capture the communications going in and out of the applications and send them to the archive. With WeChat, we did something totally different. We have a partnership with Tencent. We use their official WeCom. There is a way in the back end, if you have that partnership with Tencent and all the things correctly done together with Tencent, we can capture those communications as well. And on Telegram and Signal, the applications are open source. So if you do the right things on their general public license, and you acknowledge whatever you're doing, you can use that open source to create a new version of Telegram and Signal on the phone, which can communicate still with the Telegram and Signal servers. And that's the way we do it. So everyone is a little bit different. Text archiving as well as I started out with is also different. And in that case, we have either direct relationships with the mobile operators. That's more for corporate phones. We have them a lot in North America and we're expanding to other geographies around the world. We have UK, we have other countries that are going to be uh, launched soon. Then there's also applications on phones, either on Android, which are different, or on the iPhones and Android, which is more of a BYOD solution, 
which enables you to capture all the messages and calls if it goes through your server. And then we enable a virtual number in many cases so the user has two numbers on his phone. And I, I would add a footnote, if I may, Lucy, one of the critical things that Guy mentioned is an end user, I might have WhatsApp, which I do on my iPhone today. And if I get telemessages WhatsApp to use for Smarsh, both can exist on my phone. That's why I still have my personal, but I can also create that business app. Super essential when you think about a banker who's not going to blur accounts, right? If they have the option to have a business account on their same phone and still keep their personal WhatsApp, absolutely a very clean way to do it and very valuable. Okay, so at risk of oversimplifying how your technology works, with the exception of Telegram and Signal, which are open source, you work with the companies providing the apps to develop technology to enable you to track the communications happening on those apps. That's correct. Yeah. One thing I would add on the regulatory side is that, because you know, Guy makes a great point, that oftentimes regulators will purposefully watch the market to determine what's going to actually be reasonable to supervise. That's one lane. Uh, but there is a lane where the regulatory bodies do have to determine how to understand this technology quicker and be ready to engage with the marketplace, not to give favor to any vendor or to any bank, but simply to have that open conversation. What does this do? Is there an effective model for using it? And is there an effective model for writing rules around supervising it? That does have to move quicker because it does slow down the ability for banks to communicate and other financial services firms to communicate with their customers. The other interesting layer in the market is it's geographically driven what elements of capture and, and archive are tightly regulated and penalized if they're not supervised. So there are certain areas where voice is absolutely essential it's black and white. It's very clear. There's other areas where voices, well, it depends on who's doing what and who's talking to whom. And so that's one of the areas we try to invest our energy in both with customers and with the regulators is we're covering the full spectrum, but we want to highlight the ability to supervise the most material things, right? So that's where customer inputs to us is so important. Just like Guy said, customers are calling him and saying, I need to close this communications gap. We look to customers and go, okay, we can do 100 things of those 100 things, which are most material now. And what do you need? What are you looking at forecasting to solve for in the next six to 12 months? That really helps us, right? It helps us deliver what guy does. How do we get the data? And it helps us make sure we supervise it accurately. So that's an important layer to the regulatory conversation that uh, I think we would agree. I hope that knowledge base builds up within the regulatory space uh, of how these technologies work. So regulators' efforts to understand how these technologies work is slowing down uptake of use of technologies. Is that what you're saying? I think it does. I think the one area where you're seeing them lean in very hard, for example, blockchain, cryptocurrency, you're hearing a lot about it from the regulatory bodies. So again, if they're gonna understand how that technology works, to Guy's point earlier, all of the traders and the, the folks that hold the knowledge on cryptocurrency are using these consumer platforms to talk to one another about how to make sure cryptocurrency succeeds. So the regulators are studying cryptocurrency and not the communications spectrum of what's going on. So that's an important aspect of a market movement involves all the layers of consumer to broker 
to bank as much as it does the engine that makes the bank work. So it's it's very important to look holistically at that for a complete picture. Are there any markets in which you think that regulators are ahead of the game in terms of their understanding of where the communication is taking place and how that can be tracked? That's a really good question. I've seen FINRA do a pretty good job, right? When I've heard them and, and talked to them, then I was pretty impressed with the bigger countries that were the FCA and FINRA, they're, they're the head of the curve. Mm-hmm. And FINRA, presumably being US-based, they're more focused on text use as opposed to WhatsApp. Yeah, I think, and I think it's growing. I think what also happens in a mature market space for regulatory is those regulators, as they get the knowledge of the platform, will keep digging. So you'll even see today social media use and financial services started in 2007, 2008. The first guidance from FINRA was in 2010. But in 2022, there's still guidance coming out on the really slicing the onion thin what matters to them and what doesn't matter to them on social. And I think you're going to see that unpack. We've seen big regulatory actions on WhatsApp recently. They were headline busting, uh, but we'll also see a, a click down into WhatsApp and really the regulators starting to decide this is what matters. And so the advantage here is that we're positioned to solve that. I think that's the most uh, effective way to provide a return on investment. The first Martian telemessage joining together is we now can handle that complex use case. Okay. So Smarsh entered into an agreement to acquire telemessage in May. When do you expect the acquisition to complete and what does it mean for the industry? So it's going to take between a few days and a few weeks. There's some bureaucratic regulatory stuff that needs to be done in order to close. But that's going to happen soon. We're extremely happy. And our customers, I think, should be the most happy because we had a strategy of really working very closely with the customer to see what his requirements are on the capture side. What do you need to capture? How are you capturing? Is it a corporate device? Is it a BYOD device? And we have all of our solutions are easily configurable to be embedded in that company's environment. But then we always told them, listen, where do you want all the information? And a lot of our customers are already inside Smarsh, right? They're using Smarsh's uh, information archive and their surveillance tools. So it's seamlessly involved in them. And if not, then we're putting it wherever the customer wants. So the strategy that uh, we have right now is to continue all of our relationships that we had in telemessage with the ecosystem. And we'll be continuing on providing mobile capture communications through the advanced capture solutions that Smarsh also has together with us to all of our customers uh, and partners. And I, I would add that, as I said at the beginning, it provides more completeness for Smarsh. So we have, I think I can safely say, one of the most rigorous, highly invested capture organizations in the industry when it comes to financial services compliance, with just the depth of channel coverage and the depth of rigor with each channel. And that's what Guy and Telemessage bring that same passion to get mobile capture right and get it wide to cover all of their customers' needs. So blending that in is is a very friendly thing. And more importantly to our customers, they're trying to find ways to reduce the number of vendors it takes to solve a problem especially when it comes to enabling employees to communicate to the market. And this really helps to have an in-house organic set of capabilities that they can choose from versus having to figure out how to get 11 vendors to talk to one another from a technology perspective. And to Guy's point, we have a very strong charter. Yes, we have an archiving platform and we have a communications intelligence platform to simplify all this complexity, but we also send data elsewhere. 
and that's going to continue. We are going to send data where customers need it to go for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Okay. And communication surveillance can be likened to the popular fairground game whack-a-mole in that there's an increasing number of communication platforms that come under surveillance and it feels very much like as soon as you've captured one form of communication, then another new one pops up, often with the intention of circumventing compliance. How do you stay ahead of that? And how do you future-proof compliance systems in that environment? It's a great topic and one that we spend an enormous amount of time with our customers on. Smarsh as customer advisory boards that are both live and also virtual. And we have to get that continuous feedback from customers both officially, but formal events, but also by making sure we, we're accessible as a product organization to customers because they need to come to us and say things like, yes, we're capturing voice and video, for example, but we really need to zero in on voice and get it right. Transcription, language, we'll worry about video later. We know there are people holding up pictures without speaking on a video and we need to figure out how to solve that. But our customers tell us what's material and that reduces that whack-a-mole a little bit, the surface area of what we're going to capture. But it's really the intelligence portion of that is now that we've exacerbated all of these channels, we're capturing literally billions of things uh, and putting them into an archive. When you include all of telemessage, all of the regular material that we capture, it quickly gets so explosive that an army of humans can't supervise it. And that's where that that machine learning comes in where you can create predictable patterns and automate the ability to detect out of these billions of things, are there a thousand things that really need looked at right now to ensure that we're validating what we're seeing? And that's critical because uh, we can't create a fire hose at one end and not have a solution at the other end for them to rationalize the data. I, I love that whack-a-mole. I'm going to use that and see if that's okay. But some examples that I can think of is that we don't today, for example, capture video very well, as we you know, mentioned as well. But we did develop a way to block the video on WhatsApp. So even if the company deploys our WhatsApp solution, it's fully compliant because the user can't use video. So that's one way that we solved at least that problem because we don't do that video very well yet. We block stuff. So iMessage. And on Apple phones, it's possible to capture it, but it's extremely expensive, cumbersome, and the, the business case doesn't make sense yet to do that. So what companies do and what we work with them is, okay, you got to block that mole by blocking iMessage using mobile device managers, or there's other methods to do that. So then all the messages will flow from your Apple phone over text messages, which we then capture. So there's technologies that we use even today to limit the possibility of problems using those solutions. And we're adding more and more things and, and we'll be solving more moles. Well, it's interesting that you say that actually, because something I wanted to ask was in relation to that problem of people holding up pictures on video and firms perhaps missing that, because obviously in this scenario where you have people hybrid working and you have some staff working from home, some staff working in the office, firms still under a re regulatory requirement to monitor all communications, that creates a scenario in which compliance teams are having to record video in someone's bedroom. And that raises a whole series of complicated privacy issues. So I wanted to ask how you solve for that increasing reluctance to capture that video because of the privacy implications and the warped incentive for people to 
take advantage of that blind spot. One thing I can mention is what we see in the business layer of applications. So when you think about Microsoft Teams or Zoom or a platform Slack that's deployed widely by the business for its employees, we naturally will get video from those integrations. And so that's the next leg for our customers to determine how do you want us to handle that video? And then that will give them the opportunity to supervise it. So that's when we will follow the customer's lead. So technically we're there, but the customer is not ready to put that into a platform in some cases. So it's more of being prepared when that use case becomes critical. I wanted to answer that the privacy issues are our problem in any conversation, right? Uh, if you're on a, a corporate phone, people were used to using the same phone for business and personal usage. And what does the company do now? You either tell the guy, you got to buy another phone or you find another solution with telemessage and the smart of buying a BYOD solution means you have another application on the phone that you need to use. What happens if you make mistakes and people are making mistakes? Either they're making corporate phones on their personal phone or an application or the other way around. And we're seeing that all the time. There's no clear cut solution. And those are for the honest guys. And for the cheaters, they'll always find a way to cheat. I've heard stories that, okay, I know the phone is recorded. I'm gonna close the Wi-Fi on the phone and I'm gonna make the call. It's not gonna move from the phone over to the server. And then I'm gonna throw the phone into my beer bottle and destroy the phone. I've heard crazy stories. So there's no one solution fits all for any corporate and any kind of environment and scenario. And video, I think is the same. Some of the video calls are in different categories and they're video calls that have to be recorded. When we opened up a, our bank account in China, they had to record the videos, right? But there's some video calls that shouldn't be recorded as well. So I don't think it's very different than all the other challenges with text messaging and WhatsApp messaging and the differentiation between personal and corporate. And I know I mix a lot of issues here in the middle, but uh, there's a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. And lastly, what is a key takeaway that you would like listeners to this episode to take away? It's most important that we make this less complex to solve problems. And because of the change in our economy in general worldwide, this hybrid workplace, it's blurring together business communications, personal communications, devices, corporate devices, and it becomes just this menagerie to customers. And we need to reduce how complex and reduce the confusion so that customers can make smart decisions to meet their compliance need. And I would like to add that guys, girls, don't worry. We have what you need, meaning that there's hardly a scenario that you can tell us that you need in somewhere that we can solve for you today. We get customers asking us, can you do that? 90% of the time we say, yes, we can. Oh, really? Yes, we can. Okay, well, that's been a very interesting conversation. Thank you very much, Guy, and thank you very much, Blaine, for your time. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks, Blaine. You've been listening to Following the Rules with Lucy McNulty. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be very grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe on all the usual channels. It helps other people get to know us too.